thank you for joining us this morning. I'm Francis Savignan, yeah, the founder yeah. of ePortrait. I'm uh, with uh, Judy Keane, uh, our host again this morning, the co-founder of, of ePortrait. So we launched in January this uh, new technical and business webinar series called Race Industry New, which is kind of step number two after uh, online race industry week, which was a huge success back in December and after ePortrait Live tech webinar. So we will be uh, on and live every, every Wednesday morning at nine o'clock. At some point, our good friends from uh, Racer will be joining us. Uh, the show is starting with a one hour length and will potentially expand to uh, you know multiple sessions. But today we're here with the great people for Poultrasonic. So Judy, can you tell us a little bit more about them? Yeah, I was, I've been lucky to work with Dan for about 15 years at the PRI trade show. So we joined, we had him join us on online race industry week. He probably gave one of the best demos and I've spoken to a lot of attendees, Dan, that mentioned your demo. You guys, you and Rachel really took it to a new height. So we welcome you back to do this again. Great. Well, we appreciate uh, ePartrade and Jeff and yourself and everybody allowing us this platform. So uh, thank you very much. And, and we do have a, a guest. We might have another guest joining us today. It's, it's Bob Mason from Mason uh, Racing Engines. He's uh, 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 one of our friends. He's had ultrasonics for a long time. So he'll be able to add his expertise as well throughout the presentation. Very Welcome, good. Bob. Very good. Excellent. So good morning, gentlemen. And then good morning, Jeff. Jeff, we are very happy to and honored to, to have you back with us. So uh, Jeff Hammond and Brad Gilly will be uh, joining us on a weekly basis, alternating uh, uh, each time. And so uh, uh, Jeff, you're in charge. So now we're going to let it uh, uh, you know, in your hand for the next hour. Judy and I will go off camera and then uh, Basically, uh, Dan and uh, Bob and Jeff, it's on to you for uh, for the next uh, 55 minutes. Thank you very much. All right. Thank, Thank you, you Francis. Thank you, Judy. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. And the thing is, the honor is all mine because great companies like Pro Optosonics and Dan and his fine group. I mean, you guys set the bar uh, back during industry week. I mean, it really was uh, an impressive uh opportunity for us to see all about your company but what i loved about it was i asked a couple questions man and you carried the ball so today uh, i'm gonna see if we can uh, put a little bit more pressure on you can you repeat what you did last time entertain <laughs> us educate us and now i see you got you a wingman here bob welcome i haven't had the ple pleasure of uh, meeting you personally um until right now i feel like this uh Zoom gives an opportunity to at least go out face to face, and uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. And uh, hopefully, uh, the weather's a little bit warmer up there than it is around here right now. Well, we got about a foot of snow the other day, so we're fighting that right now. <laughs> yeah, but that's sure. New England, I'm sure. Well, Dan, well, that's right. And the thing is, right now, what do they call it? A nor'eastern? You've been Easter? You've been getting up there? The the the, the way the air's been coming in, it's been coming from the east instead of the west, really making it cold. Well, you never know up here. Any any time, any day can change. You know, we had a warm January, uh, no snow at all, and then uh, we got that snowstorm the other day. It was a northeaster. Uh, some regions got like yeah. a foot and a half, some got a foot, some got four inches. But that's New England. If you don't like the weather, you wait a minute. 
<laughs> I hear you. Well, Dan, let's don't wait any time okay. and waste any time because I want to see what you got. Good, good. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun cleaning parts today. Did I actually just say that we're gonna have fun cleaning parts? I mean, isn't that the I'm getting worst? ready to say that's an oxymoron, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the worst job in the shop is cleaning parts? And nobody wants to yep. do it, but yet it's gotten so important in this industry. You know, in the old days, we could use a bucket of gas and a, a solvent tank in the corner and swish it around and put it back, put an engine back together and it'd run just fine. But the technology has uh, increased uh, so greatly in this industry. We've had to do the same thing with cleaning. And that's why we use ultrasound. We use sound waves to clean with now so that we can get in all those little cracks and crevices, those hard places to reach uh, without using labor and without using nasty chemicals. So it's, uh, you know, I always talk about uh, having an ultrasonic unit as a part-time employee that'll sit there and clean parts for you all day long, you know, save you some time, but more importantly, give you a cleaner part at the end. Um, uh, so we're going to go ahead and clean some parts today. I've got a, a head here. I've got some pistons. And then at the end, we didn't have time last time, but I want to clean a carburetor through a bowl. So we're kind of trying to handicap ourselves here to make it as hard as possible to show you how good it is. So um, we've got our typical unit right here uh, behind me. This is a kind of our engine builder model. It's 36 by 24, 14 inches deep. So it's great for all your heads, your small blocks. Um, we have a heavy duty rack in there so we can cherry pick a block right in here uh, or we can lay our heads in there. And of course we have baskets for our small parts for pistons or even your little keepers and springs, things that, you know, it's kind of nice to have like new on the bench when you're rebuilding again. So um, uh, we have hot water here. We've heated the water up to about 160 degrees. Ultrasound works better at that, at that temperature. And of course we have a, a, a non-hazardous soap in here. It has a rust inhibitor built in. So what we're doing, um, connecting rods or cast. We could do cast in here as well as aluminum. We don't need to worry about flash rust. Uh, but the real secret is the sound waves. And when we add a specific frequency into that water, it's gonna create thousands of microscopic bubbles. And that's what really is the workhorse behind this. Um, so what I'm gonna do is uh, I think we'll switch over to, uh, first, can I get Rachel and Josh are gonna come in here for just a second. These guys are behind the scenes. Rachel's doing all of our IT work. Josh is our technical guy. So they've really worked hard putting this together. So, all right, get lost. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna we'll, we'll do a little close up on this head before we put it in. And then uh, we'll set it for, I think we've got it set for five minutes. We'll check it out after five minutes, see what, uh, uh, what's happened. And then maybe Bob during that time, if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about your experience with ultrasonics, because you've had it quite some time. So uh, let's go ahead and get started with this cleaning dough. Uh, Rachel's gonna switch over to her phone so we can get some close-ups here. So kind of a, I don't know if that's a typical head. Uh, just depends, you get them all sizes and shapes, don't you? Um, I'm going to go ahead and do half of this because if I do all of it, if somebody comes in at the end of the 
seminar, they'll go, oh my gosh, he didn't really clean that, did he? So I'm gonna put half in just to see what we've got here. And then we'll also clean a, a piston, a before and after on a piston as well. Real easy to operate. Once we, you know, it's got automatic timer, automatic temperature control. All, we, all an operator does is just hit the on button. And if you watch real close, we're gonna be able to see it working before I dunk it all the way down, so. Maybe that light a little closer. There you go. I don't know if you can see that coming out of the uh, yeah, cylinder I can. there. You can see what we've done just in a couple seconds, but let's be patient. I'm going to go ahead and stick that down in there for about five minutes, just so we have kind of a before and after. Now, Dan, you, you used the uh, the uh, degree of 160 degrees is what the this particular machine likes. There's no reason to heat it any hotter. I mean, you, you know, sometimes you think, well, would, if 160 is good, would 200 be better? Yeah. Well, you know, builders, more is better, but uh, in yeah. this case, it isn't. You know, 160 is perfect temperature to form those bubbles. And the same thing with the soap. We're only using 10% soap here. It, it, you know, increasing that to 20% just makes my retirement look better. It doesn't help the parts clean any better. So 10% soap, the temperature, let the sound do all the work for you. Let's look at a couple pistons here. I'm going to go ahead and dunk these down in there. Uh, we've got about four minutes left on our uh, clock here, but I'm going to go ahead and throw one in the basket. We'll set it down. We'll take a look at it in a minute. You want to show this real quick? You might be able to see again the cleaning. Well, maybe not. It's okay. Okay. So Bob, you've had one for a few years now. What's your experience? Does it save you time? Well, when I first got introduced to one, it was a small five gallon one that I used for carburetors and small pots. Uh, after seeing the results I got, uh, then I ended up buying a, a big media machine for the glass beating and doing some soda blast. Uh, I realized it, be able to get rid of the, all the media and do it correctly, which is a big concern in our business, was uh, everybody I talked to that, that was in the situation I was in had mentioned ultrasonics. So as I started investigating, uh, I met you at the East Tech show. Uh, you told me you'd give me the PRI deal at the time. So when I got back, you guys got in touch with me and we ended up uh, connecting. Uh, I was gonna go with the engine builder uh, machine that you guys recommend, but because of the fact that I do uh, some diesel work as well, uh, I felt that if I bought something and, and I wanted to clean something a little bit bigger and it wouldn't fit, I'd be disappointed. So you guys talked me into the 4230. Uh, best investment I ever made. Uh, I use it as a primarily, primarily just for a final cleaning. 
Uh, all my other cleaning I do prior in my regular spray wash, uh, regular detergent, and I also have an al high alkaline spray wash unit. Uh, but before I assemble the engine, uh, after I hone it and it's complete, it goes back into the spray wash unit just to take off the residue from the honing. And then it goes into that ultrasonic machine. I leave it in for a five minute cycle. Uh, what I found is I don't have to wash the cylinder walls anymore with soap and water. Uh, comes out of this. I mean, it's, it's hard to describe how clean it is. Uh, take pistons out of a box right from the manufacturer put them in that machine, run a five minute cycle on them, pull them out. It's like, it's, it's like a different pistol. It's just yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. You so, know, you make, you make a good point, Bob, about uh, your pre-cleaning in a spray wash cabinet. Because the one thing that kills ultrasound is the dirt particles. So we try to filter those out. We try to keep the bath clean, but if we, you can do a little pre-wash and most people have a spray wash cabinet, like a dishwasher, knock off the heavy stuff. And again, save this for your real precision clean for your internal components, uh, you know, right before your rebuild. So that, that really extends the life of this. So that's, that's the perfect way to do it, Bob. Uh, well, I'm doing it that way primarily because that's 120 gallons of uh, solvent I have to deal with. So, you know, it's water-based. Uh, one thing I'll say about your machine, uh, my other two machines that are the spray wash, I add between 15 and 20 gallons of water a day due to evaporation. Your machine is so tight and well insulated. If I put water in that once every three weeks, and the only time I lose the water is if I've got the lid open enough, I'm running it that way. Yeah. Uh, other than that, if I keep that lid down, um, it, it's, uh, it, it's tight. I mean, really impressed with it. Really impressed. Thanks, Thanks Bob. So, let me ask you both a question then. And one of the things I was wondering about was, did you, do you ever put new parts in, into it? And you just answered my question, Bob. You Absolutely. Say you get stuff and what does that do? Does it get rid of that kind of like the, uh, I want to call it the, the, the machines, you know, residue that maybe didn't get cleaned from the factory. And if you put a, a brand new block in there, will it get rid of that, you know, that casting sledge, you know, sledge and all that kind of stuff is still stuck to it. Cause I remember back in the day when I worked up at juniors, you know, a wire brush on the end of a drill was how we cleaned the outside to make sure we got everything clean and then try to go inside to get all of that residue that was not totally gone. You know, that's the only way you can get it off, but it sounds to me like this, you know, pro ultrasonic machine is finding it back in the, the cracks and the crevices and everything and getting it out. Yeah, what I found with it too is uh, crankshafts. Uh, when you got a, a crankshaft, especially the firing cars, they have uh, uh, they have like a ball bearing that they weld or they press into it, uh, so you can't access the whole hole. It's not a through hole, so you got your main is feeding your rod, but you can't go all the way through with a brush. Uh, mm -hmm. That thing is so amazing to get all that stuff out of there. You, you, I mean, that's when I first the other machine I had was a small five gallon unit. I put a couple of I do uh, performance engines on the uh, import side as well. So I had a small crank that went in there and we used to have to take and uh, extract those balls and then drill and tap and put plugs in, which is, you know, time consuming. In uh, the ultrasonic machine, the, the, the little one I had did a good job, but the big one I got is like phenomenal. I mean, as far as, you know, the, the transducers in the big one are so much more power in them that uh, mm -hmm. you put a crankshaft in there and 
pull it out. I mean, it's sparkling clean. Same thing with a block, internal oil galleys and that type of thing. It's just, it, it just gets in places you can never get into. Well, you know, not only for the rebuilders like Bob and those that are uh, fixing things, uh, most all the manufacturers, Judy talked about piston manufacturers and so forth. Almost every one of those uses Pro Ultrasonics in their manufacturing process. So when it comes off the CNC and they need to get rid of the chips or the oils or the coolants, boom, into ultrasound. So we're, we're not only on the, the new side, but on the rebuild side as, as, as well, trying to keep parts as, as clean as we can get them. Um, so we've got five minutes here. Let's just take a look. Uh, she's going to switch to her phone now. I'm just, I'm just going to set it up on our drip shelf here. So a, a typical head, 15, 20 minutes. This has been here in here five. You can see we're moving the carbon. Uh, let's go over here, get a better shot of some carbon over here. Again, a nice before and after. We never hurt the surface. Uh, that's what's the beauty of here. We have the same specifications as when we went in. It's not like bead blasting where we're actually removing metal. We're, those bubbles, instead of exploding when they hit, they collapse. So they create a vacuum on this surface in a real microscopic way. So again, we can get in in all these different areas um, with no labor and, and of course, without hurting the part. You can see even some of our nice uh, tapped areas here. Um, so, you know, another five or 10 minutes and we're done with this. Um, now, not every head is the same, obviously. There may be a head where you need, you pull it out and we've got some carbon still hanging up here. It's usually just loose. I, you can see I can just wipe that out. Get a round brush, maybe put it in for five or 10 minutes, round brush it, bring it out, put it back in for five or 10 minutes and we're pretty much done. We try to eliminate as much labor and as much handling as we can. Uh, I'm just gonna set this and it dries very quickly. You can see it's almost flash dried now. And it has a rust inhibitor on there, so I don't need to worry about any flash rust. Let's take a look at that piston. So a little bit hot, which is good. You can kind of see a nice before and after. We've got a little bit longer to go. Most pistons are about seven or eight minutes. But what I like is, and if you were closer here, we'd just go ahead and turn these these rings here, and you, you could see underneath, I can see, I doubt that you can, that it's cleaned actually underneath the rings. Uh, of course, you're gonna pop those off anyway, but it's a nice demo to show how that water can get in places uh, that we, we don't even think about. So any, uh, any questions so far now that we've done just a five minute clean here? We talked about the temperature and you talk about the frequency. Does aluminum take a different frequency than a cast iron block? I mean, are there different settings for different types of applications? You know, that's a great question. Uh, the frequency you use is 40 kilohertz. It's kind of middle of the road on the aggressive side. Um, 
So it's good for both aluminum and cast. Cast takes a little bit longer because we know how porous that stuff is. And uh, so again, our bubbles are gonna be going in all those little pores in the cast block or, or whatever it may be. So it takes a little bit longer. So where uh, uh, an aluminum head might be 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, uh, we might be 30 minutes on a bad cast iron. Uh, uh, but we, we can use the same soap, the same frequency. Um, all of our generators do have adjustability as far as the intensity that we're hitting it with. Uh, you know, most of our guys run 100% all the time because they want a quick clean, they want a thorough clean or take it off nasty stuff. If I had something really delicate, uh, maybe I was doing a restoration and I had a, a part that I was a little concerned about, um, I could always turn down the intensity of how we're hitting that. So that's all adjustable. But again, that's, uh, that's kind of a rare occurrence because uh, you really have to abuse this to hurt a part. Uh, and what I mean by abuse, you'd have to abuse it with time. You know, if, if I stuck that head in there and I didn't use a timer, of course, they all have timers. They won't work without them. But let's say I set the timer for two hours and I went to lunch. When I came back, we'd probably have some cosmetic uh, uh, damage on that, especially the, uh, uh, the, uh, the polished surfaces because I've let those bubbles hit so many times in that same area, I'm actually removing the polish out of the aluminum, mm -hmm. out of the original uh, billet. So we always use a timer um, and you know, as long as you don't abuse it, you're not gonna have any problems as far as uh, the look that comes out. But even then, it doesn't hurt the specification or the integrity of the part. So Bob, have you run into anything that that surprised you about you know the different applications that you've been able to use this machine and, and its uh, intent as far as that's concerned? Uh, nothing that surprised me. It's, what surprises me is how well it works. Uh, I use it on everything. It, you know, there's nothing right now. If I assemble an engine, I do carburetor work as well. So carburetors, of course, you're gonna you know put them in. It does a great job. Uh, if I have to media blast it or soda blast it, then I'll throw it back in there. It comes out of there looking like new. But every single part that I put in an engine now is done through that uh, machine. Rings, I take them out of the package, set them up. If I file fitted them for each cylinder, then I'll, you know, mock them. I'll put them in that machine and a uh, five minute run on them. Uh, it's just, it, it's impeccable. Uh, you know, it used to be, I used to strive using brake cleaner and all the other types of, uh, cleanest to try to get it as clean as I could. And it seems like every time you try, you take a white cloth and run it over it, you'd still pick up some residue. Uh, this here is just, you, just, you'd have to experience it. But I mean, it's the best investment I've ever made, to be honest with you. We're gonna show, now, you know, ultrasound is amazing because it can cavitate right through the sidewall, come inside and clean and come back out. So if you happen to have a blind hole or we have to have a cylinder wall or something that we need to go through that we can't get to, we're gonna to get to that with ultrasound. And I'm gonna show you that right now. I'm gonna go ahead and put some, some, I'm just gonna take a little water out of the machine so we can see it a little bit better. We'll let this float in the machine and I'll put a little carburetor in there uh, and just watch what it does through about three millimeters of stainless steel. By the way, Dan, that, uh... That works great. I do that all the time. Yeah, especially if your machine's getting kind of dirty. 
after a while and you've got a nice carburetor that comes in, you can always create a secondary ultrasound um, without having to change your machine out right away. That's exactly what I do. So, you know, you, you can see our water's a, a little bit dingy already. That has nothing to do with cleanliness. That's just that carbon black that's in the system. So it kind of dirties up the water. In fact, I'm just gonna, let's just do some clean water here real quick so you can see this even better. Um, just grab me, uh, I've got some water here. Grab me a little bit of soap there. You know, I like, uh, Bob brought up the fact of, uh, you know, spray cleaners and carb cleaner and, and all those sorts of things. Um, this is so nice not to have to spend three or $4 on a, a spray can of carb cleaner each time. So I've just got, I put a little bit of soap, a little bit of fresh water. I'm gonna see if I can hang on to this. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and turn it on. The water's still cold, so I'm gonna heat it up just a little bit. Maybe you can come on this side, Josh, and put the carburetor in for me. So you can see how the water's already cavitating. It's already moving right on top of the head here. Go ahead and set it on in there. So you can see even in cold water, uh, what we're doing to that carburetor. But, but again, I'm somewhere else making money. Uh, while this is cleaning, I turn it on and and I'm sure Bob, you, you go back to another process or, or, uh, talking to a customer or on the bench. So again, it, it frees our hands up to do other things. Yeah, if you miss the timer, you can go back five minutes later and not have to worry about it because it's still submerged. Why don't you pull that out and just show it to Rachel real quick, the downside, the bottom side. Now, uh, do you see the greases and oils on top? We have blotches of grease and oil on top, right? Right. The soap we're using is called a splitter. So it brings all the greases and oils to the top. Normally I'd have my set of heads in here. I'd use a pair of gloves to pull them out or I'd have my basket of parts. But before I pulled those out, I'd go ahead and turn on the filtration system and you can see we're sending clean water across the top um, into a holding tank back here. So we're taking all the greases and oils back here out of the system. While we're doing this, we're also filtering both tanks, taking the particles out through uh, filter cartridges so that now when I pull my parts back up, I'm coming up through clean water. I'm keeping that tank clean I'm keeping the performance up on it so it keeps it the nice uh, cleaning times. So now we've got clean water again to start over and do another process. And, and Danny, and it, it happened that quick? 
Yeah, yeah, it's, we got a big pump in there. We exchange that water really quickly. So just and, to skim off to that pump layer. Yeah, Mark Gohm was wondering, is there two things? Is there any risk for parts being damaged at all? And or how many times, how much, how often you need to clean your water? There's no risk to your parts at all. It's safe on all metal, plastic. Mm -hmm. uh, Bob knows with carburetors, gaskets, rubber O-rings, things like that. It doesn't hurt that at all. Uh, and it, it, as long as you use the timer and you use common sense. Um, now the changing of the fluid, that really depends on what you've got going on. If, if you're uh, meticulous like uh, Bob and do a little pre-clean and not just take something right off the, the floor and throw it in there, uh, your, your fluid's gonna last a long time. Bob, you could give us more idea on that. How often do you Yeah, you're not that? gonna like me about it, Dan. You're not gonna retire on me because I still got the original fluid in my machine since I got it from you. <laughs> there you go. There's my college, there's my oh, kids' wait. college education. Oh, Thanks, Bob. No, it doesn't. I mean, that filtration system, um, sometimes I'll run it for like an hour at a time just yeah. to uh, filtrate, but I, I'm starting to see a lot more sediment in it now, so I'm going to eventually have to change it, so I'm going to have to buy more chemical from you, but uh, up until now, I'm really impressed with it. I mean, I got what, a year and a half I've had it, and uh, yeah, I've just added water. I mean, it's still clean in the, like the day I got it, so it's not like it's uh, diluted to the point to where I'm not getting results out of it. You know. Right, because we're not using, we're not losing any soap to evaporation. You can see we got a little evaporation here because our warehouse is kind of cool. Um, that's just water. We never lose soap through evaporation. We just a little bit on the carry off, but ten percent is plenty enough to keep us through that long cycle, even through Bob's year, year and a half, and still have enough in there, still have enough rust inhibitor in there as well. So I want to okay. show you the the, the quick, next guys, upgrade. Real quick while you're on the subject. One second. Yep. We got we got a pretty good question here. I think we'll help some people better understand how you're able to do all this. Uh, Rick Morgando would like to know, you know, what kind of microns are in your filter suit? Because it's pretty obvious somehow or another you're removing this uh, debris and mm -hmm. and stuff from some somewhere somehow. So how often do you have to change the filters? Maybe then. Hang on for just a sec. Uh, I go by so the gate. Yeah, yeah, we have a we have a pressure gauge on our okay. uh, filtration system that allows us. It, it gives you an indication that those filters are starting to uh, build up. We start with the right. best filters to begin with. These are a special resin bond filter. Typically, we go 125 microns initial down to 50 microns. 50 microns is about talcum powder size. Now we can go mm -hmm. less, and we do in a lot of instances for aerospace and medical parts, things like that, but. Uh, and, and these are just standard size filters. They're pretty inexpensive and uh, easy to change out. So it, it's, it's a good way to keep your water clean. It's a lot cheaper than buying a bucket of soap and taking the time to clean it out. So uh, okay. it, yeah, it will let you know when the filters and on the ultrasound too, ultrasound will let you know when it's too dirty. A tank will let, because their cleaning times will go way up all of a sudden. Bob's gonna experience this someday He'll put in uh, some new parts for five minutes and he pulls them out and he's gonna go, man, nothing happened. Those microscopic particles have built up in that solution that we're not taking you know, uh, less than 50 microns. And those bubbles are wasting their energy on all those little microscopic particles rather than hitting the part. So uh, ultrasound will let you know, hey, it's time to change me. 
Um, and uh, but the filters are also let you know by the pressure gauge. Okay, real quick, Bob. You know, with your type of uh, company you have, you not only do high performance engines, you do customers, you do diesels, you do. I mean, you do a little bit of everything. So, yes. How about the area of the shop where you do your cleaning and everything like that? Has it helped keep that part of the shop cleaner? Because oh, you know, it, and a lot of places you go into that, you know, they got one corner and it just it looks and smells hideous. You know what I'm saying? Well, all my cleaning is in one area, right? I, basically, the way my layout is, is because that's a big tank. I have a, a center aisle with a with a crane that is on a trolley that, that runs up and down. So each cleaner I can hit directly over the top of it to drop the block in. And then on the other side of the actual uh, ultrasonic cleaner, I got a SV10 Sun and Hone. And that's uh, diamond with uh, water-soluble uh, coolant. So it worked out well when I got Danny's machine. It actually went in between where I had a space between where the hone was and where the other, one of my Acuous cleaners. One of the things I used to get a lot of is because I use the Acuous cleaners all the time, even on finished cleaning, was I'd get overspray and I'd get splatter and that hone is white. It used to be constantly cleaning it. Uh, I put his unit in, which is a stainless steel unit in. Of course, that there's no overspray, there's no splatter because I pull it out of the top. What I do is I open up the, the lid, pull the pot out, and go right directly to the spray cabinet, set it in, and use a power washer to rinse. So I've eliminated all of that. So I mean, my the area is a lot cleaner now than what it used to be. That, that's my whole point. It helped yeah, kind of clean up the shop it. a little bit. I mean, I think that's uh, another big benefit right there. And and Dan with with the machine, I know we're still kind of talking here about the filters, or at least I am. Um, got some more interest here. Do the filters come directly from your company, or can you get anybody's filters? I mean, because you said something about their their special filters. So. Um, what I'm what the point getting at one of the questions was if you go to a smaller micron, can you go to a smaller micron and will that take the soap out if you did go to a smaller micron? Those are great questions. Uh, no, the soap is so the surfactants are, are so small on a, 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 a chemical basis that they won't come out even down to as little as one micron, which is invisible. Uh, and we have all those sizes available again. Uh, these are a standard filter. You don't have to buy them from me, but I've had guys buy, you know, cheaper ones, cotton, uh, cotton wound ones and different things, uh, and they're changing them way too often. They're, 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 again, we don't want to waste any time here. Your time is so valuable. Let's put in a good filter to begin with. Lots of surface areas. These are unique to Pearl Ultrasonics. They have, we've cut a groove all the way through here to increase the surface area to actually help the cleaning. And again, they're a special rosin, resin bond filter material. But yeah, the, any size filter will fit. You don't have to buy them from me. I hope you do because it makes sense, but uh, you're okay. Uh, Bob had mentioned his 4230. When, when we do anything at Pro Ultrasonics, our model numbers are dimensional. So he has a machine right. that's about six inches bigger than this one. His is 42 inches long by 30 uh, deep instead of 24. I want to show you real quick uh, uh, one of my favorite machines. We've added a lift table, an agitating lift table, and this is a 4230. This is the size that Bob has, but we've added a lift table. Now, what a lift table does for us is obviously it makes it a little more convenient 
in loading and unloading. Uh, and it gives us a little agitation afterwards, a little more hands-free just from the loading aspect. I'm just gonna run it through a real quick cycle here just to show you uh, kind of the sequence. I need to go to automate. So we would load our parts that automatically uh, go in solution. It's going to agitate for, we've got it set for agitate for 15 seconds just to show you. Then the ultrasound's going to come on. Then it's going to agitate a little bit more. And then it's going to clean itself before the basket comes back up. It's got a nice touch screen on it. The cleaning is gonna be the same. We engineer all of our machines based on the size for a certain density of power. So even from my little ones to my big ones, they're all gonna clean the same. It's just what size cavity do we need? And is a lift table important? Now Bob's got a hoist with a trolley, but if you didn't, you might have to do a lift table to uh, handle your blocks and your different materials. So this will shut off here and just, there we go. Now you can see if you want to can you come in with your camera, this has the same filtration system. You have to do it quick. We've got about five seconds. <laughs> anyway, it's cleaning itself right now into again, a sideways uh, overflow take here before I pull those parts back up. Now I'm going to go ahead and pull them up through clean water. Uh, again, they're going to dry quickly and I'm ready to go to my next process. So uh, whether it's a little small tabletop unit that you want to take to the track with you or just focus on carburetors, fuel injection, small parts like that, up to large, again, industrial systems um, based on really what your needs are. Okay, real quick, Bob, you, you know, I understand you, you do a lot of, of drag racing. Uh, people, you know, drag engines and stuff. Would would that mobile unit, Dan, that you guys have, would that be something that would be good for drag racers to take to the racetrack? Because it is, I mean, you always see guys taking engines apart at a drag strip or, you know, and working around on the engines. Would something like your machine, would it be ideal for that? You wouldn't take mine to the drag race, not with 120 gallons of water in it. <laughs> but the small, no, I'm talking about one of the smaller I guess, Yeah, I mean, the small units, uh, the one I had was a five-gallon unit, and I was doing pistons and uh, rods, all that type of stuff with it. I mean, yeah, it, it cleans anything you put in there. I mean, and it's yeah. going to get it clean, cleaner than you ever can get it with anything else, I can tell you that. This particular unit, Jeff, uh, is on some trailers right now uh, in, in okay. the drag industry. Uh, I've got one customer, and I won't tell you who it is, but he's one of the best. <laughs> who refreshes all of his spark plugs before every race, brand new plugs, he'll refresh them in ultrasound. And okay. you know how bad spark plugs grenade after a, a, a race or so forth. He swears that adding that ultrasonic energy and that action, I don't know if it's to the porcelain or whatever, whatever part on that spark plug keeps it more intact and gives him a more, um, they last longer. They don't explode and grenade as much. So, but yeah, this is ideal for a trailer. You know, it's 110, we could put it on wheel, uh, you know, on a bench. It's, it's easy to drain out and so forth. So uh, yeah, it would be applicable if you're going to the track, whether it's you know, in, in whatever industry it is. 
Well, like you said, you know, you, you got to clean this stuff some way or, or another. And it, it's obvious how quickly it can do it yeah. and effectively. And when you when you've got limited amount of people even to help you, if you could throw something like that in, in a pro ultrasonic yeah. machine and then go work on something else and then come yeah. back to it again, you're saving time. You, and, and that to me is the same way you make money. You know, you, you're going to get things done quicker, more efficiently, and you're going to be able to utilize people's time uh, to more of an effective manner. So uh, exactly, I think I find out even more compelling to think about looking at your product uh, at different applications. Even, even if you're, I mean, let's say you're a John Deere dealer and you got to go out in the field and, and work on a, a combine or, or a tractor or something like that. A unit like that may save a guy a lot of time because uh, a lot of times you, these technicians, they're, they're, one, they're, one, they're one mechanic doing all this work and having to clean it and then turn and put it back together. If he can clean it while he's doing something else, again, a company like that may save money. Exactly. And again, it's like having a, uh, I, I say it's like having a high school kid that tags along with you and uh, cleans all the parts for you while you're diagnosing yeah, Dan, and going to the next step. The difference is a high school kid can never get them that clean. <laughs> well, the whole deal with me is the fact that, you know, I try to better my business and I try to better what I do all the time. And mm -hmm. uh, cleaning's always been a problem. You could never get it 100% clean. And, you know, you go to a hospital, they, they use, uh, they sterilize equipment for a reason. And, you know, we're at the point now when you use the ultrasonic cleaner. I mean, that's exactly what you get. And the pot comes out of there, crisp, pr you know, pristine. It's just... Yeah. You'd have to experience it again. I, I mean, I'm not trying to sell you business. I'm just trying to explain to you what I do, and uh, it made it made a major difference in how I do it. Hey, I'll go once. I'll go one step further. The one thing in a race shop when you tell somebody you need to go clean something, you need to go clean the wheel bearings, you need to go, you know, let's clean up the rear end, you know, whatever. You get a lot of flack. I mean, nobody wants to do that job, mm -hmm. you know. So think about it like that. What I would love about this kind of an operation here is the fact that, hey, if I'm head of the company, I don't mind walking over and dropping these in the, in the basket and sitting them down in there and walking away. Right. I mean, that's something that, you know, and I know that when it, when it comes out, I can look at, oh, it's clean. And you can pass it back to the guy and tell him to assemble it. Mm -hmm. And you don't get all this flack that goes along with it. Plus, I mean, you got a bad attitude down there cleaning something, a little bit to Bob's point. They ain't gonna get it clean. They're, 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 just, they're going through the exercise, but they're not getting the job done. Exactly. No, I mean, and, and that's what we're all about. We have so many, especially smaller shops who are actually busy right now. Uh, you know, even during this COVID uh, uh, stuff that's going on and they're thinking, you know, I need to go out and hire somebody. And my point is, is stop and stop and reevaluate that for just a minute. Wouldn't it, would it be easier if I could save you a couple hours a day to have a piece of equipment do that rather than invest in another person that you're probably going to have to train because we don't have a lot of people out there trained in this industry anymore. Uh, and of course, all the headaches go along with that. So during that growth period, sometimes a piece of equipment like Proltersonics helps you make that, uh, that leap from needing a part-time guy to get into that full-time guy that you can hire on and uh, and uh, justify it, justify his cost. So, yeah, and and again, the payoff when we look at the savings and chemical and time and comebacks, 
you know, we do a lot in the transmission industry and, and with valve bodies and different things like that. And if those aren't pristine clean, it's coming back. Yeah. That customer's coming back and saying it's shifting hard in second gear, whatever it might be. And it's probably because that part wasn't cleaned properly and there was still some debris left in some of those valves or whatever. So those intangibles, we try to eliminate those as well, you know, with those comebacks. No, I can see where you're, what you're, where you're coming from. And I think I was just impressed with the carburetor, you know, demonstration there a moment ago, because I saw it and it made me start thinking automatically about the number of small, smaller shops than yours, Bob, that do rebuilds on mopeds and chainsaws, mm -hmm. weed eaters and stuff like that. And I mean, those carburetors are so small and you need to get them cleaned out. And to me, it seemed like that would just be like a no brainer. You could have, say five chainsaws that come in because their carburetors are gummed up and everything you chunk them in in that cleaner of yours and five minutes later you know you blow you well you don't have to blow them out they'll they'll flash dry themselves and yep. you know you're, you're rebuilding them putting them right back on the machine so uh the, the benefit is not just i think what i'm saying is in the automotive industry there's a lot of other usage because you do have a variety of sizes you know yep that will be applicable what you're doing and, and we are we're in all, all kinds of different industries uh, just as a, a, a to, to show you a weird example we just put one into a daycare center because they had a they they were concerned about their little toys their little legos and so how do you clean those things wow. you know you got these kids in there they're cold they're sick COVID, all this stuff how do i clean those well they bought one of our smaller ultrasound we made a special basket so things wouldn't float around and now, you know, at the end of the day, if they want to throw their toys in there and their little Legos and all the little things the kids have been crunching on um, and clean them up. So wherever we need anything precision cleaned, that's where Pro Ultrasonics is. So Bob, do you have any other suggestions that people are, are missing here or other uh, usages that we're not touching on it, that from your vantage point and your experience that you could suggest? Well, the other thing I can tell you is I looked at these machines for about 10 years. Every time I go to the PRI show, <laughs> I'd go look at them, yeah. you know, saw the expense of them and said, wow, they're awful expensive. I don't know if, you know, if they're worth it. Uh, when I did finally make the, the dive and, and, and met up with Danny and bought the big one, after using the small one, uh, it worked well. But the big one, like I say, it was, well, the best investment I've ever made. I mean, I, I bought a lot. I've got a lot of equipment in my shop. But I got to tell you, out of the everything I've got, the best money I ever spent was on that machine. And every day I use it, and every day I get the same results. It's just beautiful. Uh, the dog bowl trick that Danny showed you, I use quite a bit. Like if I got a uh, rocker arms, roller rocker arms or something that, that, that are kind of dirty, I don't want to soil the machine, I'll take and put the solvent from the machine into the little uh, stainless steel bowl and put it, let it float on the top. And then I can dump the... Uh, dirty water into one of my other cleaners mm -hmm. but it, it's just phenomenal i mean you have to see it uh i think anybody that's in this business uh really should sit down and think about it and be the best investment they ever make really i really believe that yeah thanks thank you bob i really appreciate that we do uh i know we're running out of time uh we usually do PRI and we really missed it this December. And because of that, we've really got some incredible specials on our machines right now. We've taken the money we would have spent going to Indy for a week 
-hmm. and we pump that back in to give to our customers. So if, if you want to give us a call or hit us on our website, make sure you mention that you were on this uh, uh, Zoom meeting with us and we've got a free uh, jewelry cleaner for your wife to go along with any order. Uh, but do, do hit us, these are the best as far as pricing. Uh, you know, it, it's, yeah, we'll send a little one for your wife because she never gets anything. Um, <laughs> you guys buy all your equipment for your shop and, and so it, it might be a good Valentine's gift too, to uh, we'll throw one of those in with any order, but thank you all for your time. Uh, I love doing this. I've been doing it for almost 25 years and uh, uh, it still amazes me. And I still say, wow, when I see a part in there. Well, you've taken modern technology and, and put it to an application that ben benefits so many other industries. I mean, it's not just in uh, the world of automotive or racing, but you've already shared with us, you know, different things you can do with it, you know, whether it's medical and, and especially when it comes to, you know, working with a daycare center, because I'm sitting there thinking about, uh, you know, Trust me, I need to be able to uh, to clean something like that, and I can see where, you know, in a daycare center, you know, multiply maybe ten or twenty or thirty kids in a place like that. So for them to be able to know that they've got their toys ready to go for the next day, free of germs, especially in this really crazy time, uh, big thumbs up right now, buddy, for for being willing to uh, adapt and give back to the overall community. So, I mean, if you're here on the uh, on our deal today and you know somebody it has a daycare center or something else, you know, maybe you need to call Dan and say, hey, look, can y'all do this and can you do that? Uh, I think that's just, that's tremendous. And as you said earlier, you know, please, you know, go online if you wanna know more and understand more about this product, uh, www, I'm gonna skip over that real quick, but proultrasonics.com uh, and, and Check out the rest of their, their product line and what they can do for you. Because I, I since I've watched your presentation back earlier, or last year, I should say, uh, and during the industry week, uh, I was so impressed. I mean, everything about what you did uh, was a wow factor. I think for everybody who, who got the opportunity, including today, Bob, it's been uh, a real pleasure having you on board because you're the kind of, of an individual that can reinforce what Dan's been saying because you do it and you use it every day. And that's how you wind up improving your business and making your business even more efficient than what it would have been. So uh, gentlemen, it's really been, it's been really a pleasure once again and good luck with the rest of the year. And hopefully everything will break open. You might say from around the world and around the racing and we can see and have more interaction personally, because I really wanted to come out to your facility, Dan, and be a part of it right there on personal because y'all do a great job. I wanted to see your place. And as soon as this uh, stuff gets to where I can't, I do want to come up and see you. We'll get it's you out of here. Morganton. It's not very far. No, no, we're not that far away. And, uh, but thank you all. Thank you, EPAR Trade. Uh, we're glad to be part of the team. And uh, uh, you, you just do wonderful things for the racing industry that uh, it was appropriate that you are where you are at the right time. Well, th thank you very much, Dan. And, and we're you, so Dan. glad uh, you had the opportunity to come back uh, uh, this week. Um, if you missed us during Online Race Industry Week, we had different sessions, some for 25 minutes, others for 50 minutes. Uh, and when it was time to accommodate Dan, we had so much demand that we only had a 25-minute slot. 
So, uh, and it was so well done that uh, Judy said, they are number one on our list when we start again. <laughs> so, uh, so we are, uh, uh, we starting, we started last week and we couldn't get you on last week, uh, but you guys are on right there at the beginning of the year. And I right. hear of that 50 minutes because that's such a great, uh, uh, you know, product that you have that's so uh, important for the industry across the board. So, uh, we uh, thank you very much. And, and again, if you're watching thank us, you. uh, please go on ePortrait as well. Uh, I mean, we just pushed a, a dance product back on the homepage. Uh, so you go on ePortrait, log in. Uh, again, it's free to use. You pretty much all have an account. And if you don't have one, we'll make you one. And click on, on uh, Pro Ultrasonic's product. You can ask direct questions, be connected to, uh, to Pro Ultrasonic, Dan and Rachel and his entire team. And, and we have hundreds and hundreds of, 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 of suppliers uh, from the uh, racing industry and from around the globe. So, uh, you know, we build this platform for you. We build it for the industry. Uh, as Judy mentioned earlier on, you know, she worked with Paul Trisonic for many, many years uh, while she was at PRI, and so was I. And when we built this platform, was really to bring the industry into the 21st century. So uh, now it's available 24-7, 365 worldwide. You can come in and out as you want, just uh, pretty much on demand. <laughs> so uh, so it, it's really the entire industry at your fingertips. And so uh, we're delighted to have you, uh, Dan, with us. And then thank you, uh, Bob. Uh, you know, great uh, pleasure to uh, learn about your business here. And uh, we probably bump into each other on the island the POI show, but you were an attendee and we, we used to produce the show. So now we, we, we can, you know, see, uh, see each other face to face. So Judy, do you want to uh, uh, to close the session? And uh... I just want to thank Dan for being a part of this platform. It's new for this industry and it's working and believing in the concept. So thank you for being part of it, Dan. Thank you. Very good. Thanks for having us. Excellent. So next week we are going to talk about uh, um, octanes and race engines. So we're going to have the wonderful people from RaceCast, and uh, the topics will be on octanes and everything you need to know about uh, uh, octanes and race engines. So uh, we'll be uh, promoting the uh, the next webinar today. This webinar has been recorded, so it will be available within a few hours on the ePortrait platform. You'll get a follow-up emails. It's going to be on our uh, YouTube channels and everywhere. So the beauty of doing tech webinars live, it's the live section is one part, but then after that, the webinar starts its own live uh, online. So uh, the, the webinar will be there. You'll be able to watch it again and again. Uh, Dan and Bob, you'll be able to share it with all your colleagues and in industry friends. And uh, there we are. All right. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And Jeff, we'll see you soon. everyone. We'll see you soon. Okay. See you soon. Bye Thank bye. you very much. Bye. Have a great week, guys. Okay, bye-bye.